by split decision. Hello, welcome to episode six, Split Decision UK podcast. It is Sunday, 9th of December. We're back in Graystown today. As always, here with Matthew Clark. How are you? I'm very well, Joseph. How are you? Yes, all good at my end. Have you had a good weekend? I've had a, a very productive weekend. I don't feel like I hate myself in the world this time. Uh, I'm fresh. I'm not hungover. I'm in the Christmas spirit. Nice. Happy to be here. Nice. How are you? Lots what have you been up to? to see. Yeah, I feel pretty fresh as well. Had a pretty quiet weekend. Had a good day yesterday, actually. Went to the football, West Ham against Palace. Nice win for the Hammers there. On fire. They are on fire a bit, yeah. Three wins in a row. Um, so, yeah, came home. Tricked myself to a chicken sheesh today. And then settled down in front of Cage Warriors 100. So, that was a pretty decent day all around for me. Uh, Carlsberg did weekends. That's eh? it, yeah. West Ham and Spurs are on fire. We'll forget about the Arsenal result last week. Yeah, put that to one side. So, uh, yeah, Tottenham on fire, West Ham on fire, the fighting's on fire. Yeah, two happy bunnies. I think, yeah, man, I'm happy. Say. I'm yeah. happy. I've uh, driven down from Cambridge today and I've had the Christmas songs blaring, so uh, I'm in a good mood and like spirit, it. yeah. Can't be some uh, Christmas songs to get you pumped, can you? Bit of driving home for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> on now. Driving home for the Split Decision podcast. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, aside from that, quiet weekend, but uh, feeling good, ready for the pod. Good, that's what we like to see. A lot to cover this week, but not quite as much as last week. Not quite as much. I would like to start with Cage Warriors 100, if you don't mind. Let's just go for it. So it was, a, it was a pretty good card, actually. He was in Cardiff, some uh, hometown fighters. Uh, so we'll start with the main card. Open up with Scott Malone, Scott, Scotsman against Josh Reed, who's uh, from Wales, the crazy horse. Um, Scott Malone, he got the win this, in this one in the first round. Got a nice little armbar. Uh, fairly even fight, to be honest, but, uh, well, I say even, it kind of looked even-ish, but then uh, Scott Malone got the takedown into side control, then turned that into mount, so he got the mount, and then uh, from there, Josh Reeves tried a little bit of a mount escape, but he's extended his arms a little bit too much, kind of pushed off the chest, which isn't the most advisable move if you're trying to escape from a mount. Uh, so, yeah, Malone sort of grabbed his arm. Josh Reed kind of... Kept his arm bent for a little while, but uh, Malone made some nice adjustment adjustments. And, uh, yeah, eventually kind of finished with a belly-down armbar. So that was a nice nice win for Scott Malone. Some decent jiu-jitsu skills on display there. It's a shame for Josh Reed, considering, like, about a year or two ago, he was probably one or two clean punches away from winning the title. Now he's on a bit of a skid in his uh, home country, but hopefully he'll be back. I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. I mean, it's not like he took too much damage. It's only just a... A couple of lessons to take away from being on the ground there. Yeah, I think he'd just be disappointed that he's lost in, in Wales and such a big show, but... Yeah, definitely. Good win for the other lad. Yeah, it's a nice win for Scott Malone there. Moving on swiftly, we had uh, Phil Malpeter against Nicholas Dolby. Obviously, Nicholas Dolby's a bit of a, a, bit of a vet. Uh, I mean, Malpeter isn't exactly a, a green fighter either, but we had your mate, uh, Rich Mitchell, refing this one. So, uh, Dolby got the win. Pretty good fight. Lots of takedowns from Malpita. Uh, first and second rounds followed kind of a similar kind of vein. Takedowns from Malpita. Um, eventually, Dalby looked good on the feet and eventually kind of managed to start stuffing the takedowns. And then I think in the third round, it kind of kind of showed for Malpita a little bit. Gassed out a little bit. There's a lot of attempts. It's obviously it's difficult, isn't it? So, um, use a lot of energy going for takedowns. 
And in the end, in the third round, Nicholas Dalby got the TKO win. So uh, He had a draw against Till, didn't he? I think it, uh, Dalby's yeah. actually got a draw on his record against Till, so it just shows you his, uh, his chops. He's got quite a lot good record and things like that. So it's good to see him sort of put together a winning streak in Cage Warriors. Hope you see him back in the UFC soon. Yeah, I see no reason why not. Like, Did he look good enough to... I think so. On the feet, yeah, he looked good. I mean, Mark Peter was good with his takedowns. He got quite a few in. But uh, Darby definitely looked better standing. Uh, and he was quite he was quite clinical in the end with the way he sort of dispatched with him. So, yeah, I think he could definitely step up again back to the UFC, just build up his confidence, get a few wins under his belt. Nice. Who was next? So then we had uh, Hock, Hock and Foss against Aaron Khalid. So before the card. Oh, not the one. yeah. Yeah, not we bad. snuck another one in between those. Foss, the Norwegian, Khalid, the Welshman again. And uh, so Khalid got the win in the second round in this one. And it was, uh, again, a pretty decent fight. You got the win with a Darth choke, slightly controversial, maybe. Uh, but Khalid got the takedown. Well, he hurt him on his he hurt Foss on his feet, first of all, got the takedown. Tried a rear naked choke in the end, transitioned to a bit of a Darth. And uh, the ref in the end ste- uh, stepped in and uh, called it. Because it looked like Foss was out cold. He was in the darts, and um, I think it was Goddard ref in this one. He went to kind of test the arm, as you do. You, know, you pull the arm to see if there's any resistance there. And there was no resistance whatsoever. It could be argued that if he was to move that arm, then it would have made the choke a bit tighter. Possibly. But to me, it looked like he was out briefly. There's no reason to say that you don't regain consciousness straight away as soon as someone lets go of that choke and the airways, the air returns into your lungs. So, I don't know, a bit of a talking point there, but in the end, a good win from Khalees, showed some good technique. Again, no, we'd say it pretty much weekly that if ref's going to sort of make a poor decision, I'm not saying it was a poor decision, but if he was to, you'd rather do it too early than hold on to that choke longer than you need to, right? Definitely. I think you've got to wear on the side of caution because you hold on chokes for too long and suddenly it starts messing with your brain function and stuff like that. So, Yeah, I think it was a good decision. Yeah, I, I think it was fair enough and good win for Khalid on home soil. Co-main? So then we moved to the yeah, co-main. That's what I meant. So we had a featherweight title fight. I think it's a kind of a final of a tournament here. Yeah, that's like a four-man tournament, I think. Yeah, so we had Dean Truman um, from uh, England as well and Aidan Lee, the Brummy, your mate, Rich Mitchell, back in the, uh, back in the ring with them again. And uh, Dean Truman picked up the win in the third round. It was a um, TKO. Again, maybe slightly early, but we just mentioned how we feel about early stoppages. But, um, yeah, so Truman was on his back, went to rubber guard, controlled him quite well, landed some shots, transitioned to an omoplata, did well to wrap his arm around the body, keeping him there, stopped Aiden Lee from rolling out of it. Didn't finish it with an omoplata, but then threw some nice ground and pound and... Aiden Lee, he was just stuck. There was no way he was getting out. He was taking shots and the ref called it. So I don't have too many problems with that. No, I mean, they were saying oh, it might have been a verbal submission or something like that. Possibly. But there weren't too many complaints from what I could see. Not really. I mean, he looked disappointed, but whether that was because he thought it was lost. about... Yeah, might have been just because he's lost and you're bound to be disappointed, aren't you? So. No, it's a... Both then two fights back to back, tricky situations for the wet, uh, the refs, and I think they handled it quite well. Yeah, so do I. It's a good win there for Truman. Then we move on to the main event: Mike Ekundayo Airlines against Jack Tankshaw, the Brixton boy against the Wales boy from Abertillery. 
So Jack Shaw picked up the win here in the third round. TKO win. It's a nice ground and pound about a minute to go in that round. What did you make of this one? Yeah, I was supporting Ekandeo in this one. Um, obviously, he fights out of North London. A very disappointing result, but you, he looks the real deal, Jack Shaw, doesn't he? He does look very impressive, yeah. I mean, to Ekandeo's game is that Chow Sonnen, uh, Khabib style, get you down, grind you out, beat you up. And Shaw just completely nullified that and did the same to Ekandeo. And... He just he didn't really truly look in trouble at any point, even in the second round when he got him down. He returned fire, switching the position and then sort of landing more damage and arguably winning the round. I thought he was looked exceptional, looks a real talent. I think he could go far in the sport. He's 23, Cage Warriors champion. I think he might have one defence there and that's it. Off to the races, I think. I think he'll be in the UFC within a year. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's undefeated now, 10-0 after that win. So, yeah, like I say, one more defence and it's pretty difficult not to call him up then, isn't it, to the UFC? I mean, he looked big for that weight class. We were saying, like, Ekendo's, he looked sort of stronger and things like that. But the height was, was he 5'9"? Pretty, yeah. Phantom weight? Pretty that, tall, is, that, is, that is rangy for that weight and he just looks... Like a monster. He looks strong as well. Yeah, he doesn't. Like, he doesn't Tank. look. He doesn't exactly look like a, a, a well-built, muscly, physical specimen. But had no problems in the strength department. Matched Ekandeo. If not, if not, look stronger. Here. Yeah, I think he he handled himself well at the end as well. With nothing but class. His dad was in tears. It was quite heartfelt to see. So he's obviously been putting the work in. He's a dedicated martial artist. And honestly, I think he'll go far. He'll be in the UFC by the, this time next year. Yeah, I hope so. So that wraps up the Cage Warriors. And I think all round, it was a really good card, really good event. I think the quality that Cage Warriors are putting out now is, is, is really right up there. Good fights, good level of fighter, good show all round, really. Yeah, they're quality. They know what they're doing. Ian Dean, the matchmaker, Graham Boylan, the uh, president. And they just clocked that Wales has got sort of a hotbed for MMA and they're just jumping all over it. Back in that hundredth sort of card on there, they know Jack Shaw's the next big thing. They've got other big fighters coming out of there, and they've already announced another time when they're going back. They're back in London in March, the same month as the UFC, so they know what they're doing. They're dominating that market. Yeah, definitely. It's great to see, isn't it? So we shall move on from Cage Warriors. Well done to everyone involved with that. Big one. Had the big one this weekend. Yes, yeah, so we just watched all that this morning. UFC two three one. I think the uh, main event is a good place to start on this one. I believe so. So, Max Holloway, the champ, against Brian Ortega, the challenger, number one, undefeated in the UFC. Max Holloway hasn't lost for five years. We had the savage, Eve Levine, roughing this one, so <laughs> it was all shaking, shaping up to be a cracking fight, and we weren't disappointed at all, were we? Well, any time Eve Levine's uh, between the two fighters, you, you know you're in for a savage fight. Yeah. The savage. The savage, Eve Levine. So, what'd you make of this one? How good did Max Holloway look? He Scale looks, of one to ten. Uh, a ten, and he's yeah. he's another level, one. It's it's mental, really. I mean, Brian Ortega looked good as well. Landed some good shots. Looked like he was throwing with power. Didn't bother Max Holloway whatsoever, though, did it? No, it's just like he gets hit, shakes it off, laughs at you, taunts back, and then just hits you with three or four more back. Yeah, just brilliant. It was so a good, brilliant yeah. performance. Don't get tired. Just unbelievable with takedown defence, his balance. He, I think Ortega got his back almost at one point and just 
managed to shake him almost, but an almost faultless performance. The third round, maybe Ortega was getting back into it. If, if he's won any of the rounds, maybe that one. I've only, I mean, I've only seen it once, but from memory. Yeah, he definitely, definitely gained in confidence and he started to land some good shots. Whether you could say he won the round or not, I don't know, because Max Holloway is still that good. But I think it was the uh, excited yells of, we got a fight, ladies and gentlemen, from Mr. Rogan. Yeah, it was. Swinging my, yeah. uh, my opinions there. But when it went into the fourth over the fifth, I was sitting watching it with my old man and I said, he, he might get off the stall here. And as it was, Doctor called it. it the, even the, if a savage ever means Cornell, you know it's a brutal one. And that eye looked like Rocky from Rocky 1. Yeah, it did look bad. It was, it's hard to believe that he could see out of that eye, really. It was pretty closed up, wasn't I it? I don't think he could. It was only going to get worse. He weren't winning that fight, was he? No, I thought it was quite interesting. The start of the fourth round, Holloway looked at Rome and said, right, I'm going to finish it in this round. And he even, uh, even started going for some like piss-take guillotine attempt of his own just to sort of rub it salt into the wounds of the uh, Gracie Black Belt. But um, yeah, so stopped on his stall after that fourth round. He called it at the start of the round, finished in then, similar to what he did to Aldo, I believe. So what a fight at the end of the day. And what a champion Max Holloway is. He's slowly becoming my favourite fighter now. Just personality-wise, skill-wise, he's just got it all. He's just... We like his swagger. He's got a bit of swagger now. He knows he's the best. Yeah. He is the best. And could he be the best upperweight division? That's the question. Yeah, obviously, he'd have that puzzle of solving uh, Khabib at, at um, lightweight, wouldn't he? But I see no real reason why he couldn't do it. He, he does not get taken down, really, does he, Holloway? No, I mean, you can't ask for a better matchup than that. But like we said before, though, we need Tony and Khabib. But I did say to you before the recording, I wouldn't mind seeing Holloway and Tony. I think that'd be a great matchup. It'd be a great matchup, and the difficult thing is Holloway's kind of cleaned the uh, division out here, hasn't he? So it makes sense for him to step up. But like you say, there are a couple of fights that we'd like to see for the belt at lightweight already. So it's a bit of a tricky situation. Who you throw him in with next? But it's packed for the names already. I mean, you'd like to think he might have one more featherweight, but I just can't see anyone who's going to even come close to him. I think Edgar. Could cause problems, but I can't really see him upsetting the apple cart there. Moicano, again, I think Holloway's a class above. It's a shame Zabit is probably a couple of years behind him prime-wise, because you'd like to see that, but I don't want to feed him now because he's probably not ready. Volkanovski and Mendes are fighting. The most likely outcome of the winner of that will fight him, but again, I don't see them beating him. It's just tough to not put him in at live right now. It is tough, and the only concern, maybe, is it turns into a little bit of a Demetrius Johnson at flyweight sort of situation, where he's just so much better than everyone else. Might become a little bit stale, but that's not his fault. I think the only difference there is you'll get a lot more people who are featherweights, and you've got people like Zabby coming through, and... A voodoo, yeah. Who's fought, fought earlier in the card? Yeah. You got you got these youngsters coming through, which you probably didn't have at flyaway. That is true. Yeah, that's a good point. But Ortega did put up a fight. Oh, don't get me wrong. Ortega looked good as well. His striking is evolving every time he fights, really, isn't it? And he'll certainly be back. He won't take that lightly. That defeat. No, he's 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 not gonna. That's gonna knock not. Well, it's gonna knock his confidence a little bit, but it's not gonna hold him back. He, I think he's eager to improve and keep going and make a name for himself and spread the word of his. Jiu-Jitsu and etc, etc. Yeah, I mean, he's only had 
X amount of fights, first loss, everyone loses at some point, right? Yeah, of course they do. You're not going to go undefeated, are you, for your whole career? So he could well bounce back um, even better. Maybe, maybe a rematch on the cards, possibly. Maybe, yeah. I mean, it's, this is one of the harder matches to make you're ever going to get, really, because you've got such a dominant champion who's clearly going to move moving up a weight class anyway to a division that's just ransacked full of talent. It's just hard to do, really. Yeah. I ain't got a clue who's going to find anything. No, I'm actually quite glad we're not having to uh, make these fights for these two next. And obviously, we were never going to be in that position anyway. But... Uh, <laughs> One day. It's, one day, maybe, but it's, it's definitely a tough job for the matchmakers there where they where they go with these two. But fantastic fight, brilliant from both guys, and Max Holloway making a claim for number one pound for pound. Yeah, and obviously that McGregor rematch is always lurking in the background. Always lurks. It's a much different prospect now, isn't it, for McGregor? Yeah, I think he's going as favourite, to be honest. Holloway, yeah. 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 So, move on from that one. Shevchenko against uh, Joanna for the uh, flyweight title in the women's division. Shevchenko got a pretty uh, convincing win here, unanimous decision. God, I, don't, I can't argue with that whatsoever. I think Valentina had enough to win every single round. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty clear victory, but I weren't overly impressed. I mean, obviously it was an impressive performance, but I feel the size just did it. More than anything else. I think size definitely played a factor. Obviously, Joanna was moving up for this one. Um, Valentina's already beat her three times in Muay Thai, so there's a bit of a, maybe a mental block there as well. And we know Joanna's had difficulties with her ego in the past following her previous losses. Never really seems to uh, admit her faults. So, yeah, it wasn't the complete barn-burning fault from Shevchenko. I expected her to maybe get a finish late on. It didn't happen, but... She was dominating, so she did what she had to do to win the belt, really. Yeah, it's like she's the queen in waiting for a while. They just wanted to put that belt on her for ages, and they finally done it. Hopefully, the division will actually sort of start building around her now rather than sort of just trying to find a position to put the belt on her in the first place. I was impressed with Joanna, to be honest, late on. Yeah, I mean, she stuck with it. And yeah. Like I say, late on, she, she improved as the fight went on. Looked very tentative uh, in the early rounds, maybe a bit wary of... Oh, uh, Valentina's obvious skills but yeah she never gave up kept going did start to tip the balance a little bit towards the end so she's far from done as well just hope that she can um, maybe get over her, her ego a little bit yeah I mean I, I don't think she's lost anything by losing this fight it's almost like she's gained respect by going up in the first place I don't, I don't know if she's going to go back down or stay there or put on some muscle or whatever it is she wants to do but I wasn't a massive fan because of the, the things before that she's done with not accepting her defeat, but I found myself rooting for her in this one because of the disparity in the size and the sort of guts it took to go up there and fight such a seasoned yeah. MMA fight. Yeah, and I think she handled herself a lot better after this loss as well. Just, uh, just I don't think she had a chance to say anything, but just her reaction, her body language um, yeah. after the decision was, was called. She was much more respectful and much more... Um, yeah, whatever, honourable, or whatever you want to call yeah. it afterwards. No, I agree. Yeah, hopefully she'll keep on keeping on. I think Montana should be next for Valentina. Yeah, so she came through tough and sort of got given the belt and then got it taken away kind of things. Bit strange, so 
probably fair to give her a shot. You, you kind of have to. I mean, I don't know what she's like as a fight. I've not seen her fight, but I'm guessing she'll get beat pretty easily. I would think so. From a championship point of view, from a sporting point of view, they have to give it to her, right? Well, otherwise, where's the legitimacy in having these tough the, events? The point, yeah. Yeah, where you crown champions and then never to be seen again because they pulled out of one fight. Exactly. It's just, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But I think that'll be made... I mean, there's not a great bit of fighters in there, so you might as well build up Valentino as a champion if you think she's going to win so easily while the division builds around that fight elsewhere. Yeah, and it's, she still puts on a masterclass of mixed martial arts, doesn't she? So, so it's going to be a good good show. Oh, don't get me wrong, it's a pretty faultless performance. But I just don't think uh, Joanna is the right match in terms of size and things like that. I think she's a bit too undersized. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. But yeah, good win for Shevchenko yeah. there. She's the new flyweight champ, so congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. So before that, we had a bit of a European interest. We had uh, Gunnar Nelson against Alex the Cowboy, Oliveira. Dangerous fighter, Oliveira. Got some good wins in the past. Some losses as well. He's a bit, he's a little bit up and down. But uh, yeah, Gunnar Nelson got the win in the second round. It was a tap to a rear naked choke, but it was almost a tap to uh, a huge gash on his face with a ton of blood pouring out, really, wasn't it, for Oliveira? Yeah, it's pretty rank, wasn't it? It was disgusting, yeah, to be honest. <laughs> Just like... Uh... In the minute he locked in the choke, he was tapping to it. Like you said, it was more, he was tapping from that cut. The blood was gushing out like a like he'd been stabbed almost. Yeah, you know, it was bad, wasn't it? One of the nastier ones I've ever seen. It's good to see Nelson get back in there. He looked calm as anything. Yeah, I thought Nelson looked good. I think he made, made a little bit of a mistake in the first round when he got, uh, they ended up on the floor and uh, Nelson was on, was on his back and he was just kind of, concede and a little bit and take some ground and pound. Obviously Oliveira is very rangy so he kind, of, he kind of played around the legs a little bit and just landed some shots and I think after the fight Nelson said yeah that was I might have to do a little bit better with that next time he can't really sit there and that take too many shots but came back nicely in the second round got the take down went to mount big elbows finished with a um, rear naked choke so please for Gunner. Yeah uh, he's been out for a while hopefully he'll get someone in the Top 10 now. We were looking at this earlier, weren't we? We were saying Leon Edwards, perhaps. Yeah, I think so. I don't think you can throw him to the walls in the in the top 10, necessarily, for Gunner. But I think you can definitely give him Leon Edwards ranked 10th. I don't know, Neil Magny ranked 11th. I think that that's probably the kind of level I'd like to see him face next. Yeah, like we always say, I would like to say winners face winners. So Gunner Nelson, Leon Edwards, both coming off wins now. I don't know how long Magny's going to be taking off. He got a bit of a beating, didn't he? That is true, yeah. But uh, we say every week, but maybe that one in London. Yeah, another one. <laughs> Add that to the uh, 50 fights we've got lined up for the London card. Yeah, boy. That'd be a good uh, scrap, actually. It would be a very good fight. A little bit of a contrast in styles. Um, Leon Edwards maybe a bit earlier on in his career, possibly, than Gunnar Nelson. So it'd be a good one. I'd like to see that. But going back to that first round when um, the ref stopped the fight for him. Bench grab. Interesting, yeah. I thought, oh, this is good. He's going to take a point here because he's clearly stopped the motion of the fight. Yeah. And just warned him and then put it back in the position again. I thought it was a, a very bad call. Well, I would guess that the sort of uh, directive they've got at the moment with the way the rules are sort of structured is to issue a warning first. But for me, that's a blatant point deduction. Yeah, I think any time that you're stopping where the fight is going to take place... 
i.e. a takedown, which is where this was going. He was in the air. He was mid-air, weren't he? Yeah. It's, I thought it was a ridiculous decision. I think you need to take your own initiative on that. Yes. That's the point straight away. Like you say, though, you don't know what they're being instructed. I have no idea of what rules they're adopting in Canada, if there is a rule for warnings or going straight for a point deduction. Yeah, I'm not sure. And I guess if he uh, has been told a certain thing and then he goes and docks a point, he might be getting a little bit of a bollocking from his superiors after for setting a certain precedent. So, well, in which case, if that is the precedent, they need to they need to adopt the, the rules again. Yeah, they need to change the rules. Yeah, that's stupid. It's yeah, because what's the point of warning someone like that? Say that happens. Say the fight's on a knife edge. I've I've got you against the cage. I go to take you down. That's going to win me the round. Or I want you on the ground to finish you. I need to finish you. Yeah. And you just stop the fence. Yeah, it's blatant cheating. You it? don't get any. Uh, repercussions for it no you just start you stay where you are you get to steady yourself again it's like okay let's go yeah it's no real deterrent is there no but uh, I think that Joe said yeah we'd like to see the eye post as well straight point deductions I think that's harder to tell whether it's uh, inadvertent or not yeah I like the idea but yeah I like the idea as well but I think with fence scrap it's more cut and dry you know if someone's grabbed the fence or not on purpose whether it's instinctive or not yeah you can't do it can you, you you're stopping what it's like a handball on the line. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Don't do that again, but we'll carry on. Yeah, like doing that, just right? restart and let yeah, me know. Yeah, no penalty, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't mean it. I don't know. No, I agree, I agree, but. Um, uh, luckily, he didn't yeah, stop the. Nevertheless, yeah. Result. Nelson got the win in the end, so. Yeah, luckily, it, it didn't pay too much of a factor. So then, before that, we had another Canadian national, Hakeem Dewodu, against Carl Bokniak. Botniak, he's uh, showed some showed some good stuff previously. Uh, he didn't get the win here, though. Split decision win for Dewodu, which was a bit silly. I don't know how one of the judges scored it for Botniak, to be honest, because it was it was a blatant, unanimous decision, three-round victory for Dewodu. Yeah, I don't know. But he looked good. Good combos, good body shots. I think he was just a bit of a different level on the feet to Botniak. And, yeah, handsomely, comfortably won every round, I would say. You know how tough Botniak is, don't we? So... It's a good little test for him. Yeah, definitely. You didn't like the post-fight? Well, Rogan obviously stepped in to interview Dewodu and he gave him a little bit of an opportunity to call someone out. Who do you want to fight next? That sort of thing. And uh, Dewodu wasn't really interested in it. It was a bit like, well, I'm only young. So we'll go back, speak to the management team and see where we go from there. Which, it does make sense in a way, but just throw a name out there. Just throw any name out there. Yeah. I mean, um, Max Holloway kind of called out to... Uh, Daniel Cormier after his win, so just throw any name out there and it creates a bit of a buzz really, doesn't it? Yeah, nah, I think I think you're right to be honest. Yeah, so we'll move on from that one and then, I don't know why we left this till last really, opening the show, Jimmy Manuel against Thiago Santos. What a fight this was. I'm gutted this weren't fight of the night because I thought while the main event was an exceptional MMA match, this one was a lot more back and forth. It was a lot more exciting and uh, this had a actual bona fide finish. Um, hopefully they've been compensated for this, particularly Manuel. I hope We've so. We've got no, nothing out of it. No, it's a shame. I'm gutted for it. It is a shame when you're in a fight like that. It's not one side either. It was, it was two men just going at it for like seven minutes or whatever it was, however long it lasted. So to not get any bonus, you know, you, you get your show money, he's got no win money, he's got no bonus. Bit of a kick in the teeth really. I thought it was one of the best fights I've seen this year. Oh, it was brilliant. 
even uh, looked like Jimmy Manuel threw in a Peruvian necktie attempt in there as well. Yeah, so man. It had it all, didn't it? My fav. Yeah, so I know you're a big fan of the Peruvian necktie. You know, you caught me with one of those before, which was uh, <laughs> yeah, which that wasn't is, fun. That you must have been gutted if I'm catching yeah. a Peruvian necktie. <laughs> I think, to be honest, it was probably the first time I've seen it. You don't really see that in uh, Gracie's schools, so... Nah, I, I, that nah, I remember Pickett did it in his WEC debut, that's where I first saw it. No, it's good, I, I like Shout it. I've, tr- I've tried it plenty of times since then as well, but... I think it was a Peruvian necktie anyway. Well, uh, yeah, the contacts said guillotine, but it looked, it, more look like, like, it looked more like a Peruvian necktie, uh, arm in kind of thing, so... But he had him in trouble that second round, uh, end of the first round, didn't he? Yeah, I know. Gutted for him. I, am. I thought he was going the way of the O's to me a fight early. He was in the clinch. He was getting uppercutted. He was looking very similar. I was like, he'd okay again. Then he fought out of that and then caught him back. Won, I don't know, won the round, but he was finished strongly in that round. I thought Santos might be a bit gassed as well going into the second, but... The opposite. Yeah, just, just, I mean, it's a bit of a lottery, really, isn't it? Both people throwing bombs. They both got knockout power. It was kind of just who, who was going to get the knockout first, really. It was a bit of, yeah, long. Yeah, even in that exchange where he did get knocked out, I thought he showed good head movement, was getting out of the way, was surviving, and then that, it was such a wild left that caught him, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, left hook that dropped him, yeah, in the end. But, yeah, gutted for Jimmy Manuel. Yeah, that's kind of that division, isn't it? When you And those style of fighters, it, a loss isn't necessarily as bad as it may seem because you're going in there and you're putting on a show and you're throwing bombs as is the other man. Whoever wins, wins on that night. Yeah. Unfortunately for Jimmy's back in the 30s now. He needed that win. I don't know where he goes from here. Hope he'll be back. I'm sure we'll get a couple more fights. <laughs> that London club. Yeah, throw him on London as well. <laughs> get him on there. But... Tiago Santos, how does he make 185? I have no idea how he ever made 185. He looked at least the same size as Manuel at 205. Yeah, I thought he looked bigger. Yeah. And it's mad. Anthony Smith, Tiago Santos, they're all just moving up and dominating. And every week we get a new light heavyweight contender. We mugged it off a month ago, but now it's packed top five, top ten. Now that light heavyweight division is one of the most exciting out there at the moment, isn't it? Johnny Walker, I mean, I said it before to you, didn't I? Uh, Shogun's getting fed to someone. I don't want to see it. He's definitely getting fed to someone, yeah. Johnny Walker, you've got in there, you've got Thiago Santos, who they might throw him in against. But apart from that, you've got John Jones at the top, Gustafsson, Anthony Smith, Latifi's look good in his recent fights. Ozdemir's still got potential, still young, so cracking division at the moment. I mean, you could make an argument that Santos could fight um, Johnny Walker. You don't really want to kill momentum off of one of them, do you? No, I don't think so. It'd be a brilliant fight. Yeah. And it'd be a real test for um, Johnny Walker to see if he could withstand the sort of barrage that um, Santos would throw at him. But I'd He could get tired, though. I thought he'd get tired in that second round. The way he was just, yeah, it was scary, I thought. Scary is a good word. Everyone's scary now. Yeah, they are. Yeah. It's, it's, it's now it's becoming my little sort of cult favourite division. I mean, it, it might not be the most stacked in terms of talent and sort of general stellar championship level fighters but it is a fun division it's now. just exciting isn't it yeah. getting knockouts Shogun last week still doing it yep Smith gets knockouts as well Latifi got knock, gets knockouts now as well You're potentially the biggest fight of the year closing the year like heavyweight championship yeah interestingly aren't knockout artists but they've got they that are championship they, stellar performance that's it they're up at that next level aren't they 
lightweight division, best division in UFC. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think uh, that wraps up UFC two three one. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really have much to talk about in the prelims. Gadelia lost, which I thought was a surprise. Yeah, that was a bit of a surprise. Not a good night for that relationship. No, the two dying pieces no. didn't come away with the wins, did they? I mean, I'm sure they sort of comforted each other a bit yes. later on. Yeah. But we won't go into that. So, move on to a little bit of news. Something that's been doing the rounds in the MMA circle. What's that? So, we've got uh, the fight between Rachel Ostovich and uh, Paige Van Zandt is back on. So, obviously, Ostovich um, suffered a little bit of domestic violence at the hands of her partner. Um, so the UFC have made an interesting decision to throw someone who's previously been charged with domestic violence, Greg Hardy, onto the same card. For me, it's not the wisest decision. I think, I think in the end, uh, for Greg Hardy, sort of trial got thrown out. I don't know what the, what the t- correct term is. So I'm not sure he's actually got that conviction on his record. But still, I think it's um, a bit of a brainless decision to put these two fights on the same card. Especially so soon as Ostovic, she's still sporting the black eye that she got from her own assault, domestic violence. So, Yeah, I, I think it's just literally gone over their head, didn't even realise, you know, one of them situations. Which, yeah, it's amazing to think. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Dana tries to get out of it. The, the, the uh, excuse seemed pretty straightforward and legit, but... I'm not completely buying it. Why, in that he gave Ostovich a call and asked her how she felt about it? Yeah, I think it's just an attempt to get out of it. Well, I mean, she might she might have said, yeah, okay, yeah, I don't care. But there's no way that got that decision got made. Think these two are going to be on the same card. Are we all okay with that? I think they completely missed it, heard the furore, and had to sort of backtrack and get out of it that way. Yeah, I think you're right. Do you reckon? And I think with Ostovich, if they call you and say, do you mind... She's, no, she's in no position to hold any power and say, no, I want you to change that for me. She's on her way up. She's going to say whatever she has to say to further her career, really. Yeah, you don't think she's going to say, yeah, make a stand. And that's not the same situation. Who was that girl who made a stand about pay and then she just got completely picked got, off? I know. Well, who was it? Lauren? No, not Lauren. I can't remember her name. No, I can't remember her name. She was on Rogan, weren't she? But, um, yeah, similar kind of vibe. You're in no position to challenge the UFC because we've seen what happens when you do yeah if there was a union perhaps we wouldn't see this fight yeah I think common sense should have prevailed in the end but doesn't look like it has done so slightly controversial night that will be when that comes around yeah I mean I, they have been moving some fights around in January so I wouldn't be too surprised if that got made well, maybe they're just sort of cutting their nose off to spite their face by keeping it on there as if to say yeah we know this we've run it by it's fine they want to move it but they're not going to move it sort of thing I don't know Possibly. They're like a lie that's too deep. Yeah, they're in it now. Yeah, they've got to stick it with it. Yeah. Wait for February and wait for it will blow over. Yeah, and I'm sure it will blow over quite quickly as well. So they're probably just... Yeah, I mean, it, we might be reading too much into it. Everyone might be reading too much into it. She might have said, yeah, honestly, stay, I don't care. Yeah. But is what it is. It is what it is, and it's uh, definitely a talking point anyway. So moving on from that, not the most <laughs> happiest of topics... So you just wanted to have a quick little chat about the uh, welterweight title kind of picture at the moment. Yeah, so this, it's a bit muddled. So forgive me if I get it muddled. That's fine. But this all starts with Usman winning last week. 
Usman and Covington are now potentially fighting for an interim title, or just generally. Woodley's had hand surgery, so he can't fight until February. They wanted to fight in January at 2-3-3. Dana's kicking off saying Woodley never wants to fight, even though Woodley fought in September. When Covington pulled out, what happens now then? So is there uh, Usman Covington interim title? When your champion can fight a month later? When you stripped Covington in, what, October of an interim title? People know it, that means shit, an interim title. You've got Ponzinibbio knocking on the door looking to fight someone. Usman's been slated before for his performances. Askren's been slated before by Dana White. Now Dana White's praising Askren for wanting to fight everyone. I just don't understand what's going on. They need to bloody sort it out. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, if you set a precedent to say, right, the rule is, if you don't fight for a year, this is an example. If you don't fight for a year, you get stripped of the title, whether it's from inactivity, you're doing other stuff, whether you're injured, you can't fight, you're going to get stripped. After a year of inactivity, you're going to get stripped. Or you introduce an uh, interim title if someone hasn't fought for a year and the interim title gets defended like it's the real title, then the champion comes back. You can't just make interim titles willy-nilly, strip interim champions. You, you, you will avoid stuff like this. If you've just got some kind of precedent, say, right, years, blah, you're off the shelf for a year, you're stripped, these two can fight. It doesn't make sense when he's fighting a month after. Yeah, I mean, you could just wait, couldn't you? It's just, no, it just annoys me. I know, I know what you mean, yeah. And I think um, the details could be hashed out, but there definitely does need to be some sort of structure, some sort of precedent in there, like you say. Because otherwise you're just making it up as you go along and no one really buys into it and it's like, it's not legitimate in the end, is it? Does that happen if that's not Woodley? If that's another champion, say that's uh, who's the champion? Whitaker. Say that's Whitaker. He can't fight till a month after. Does that happen? No, I think they just wait for him to get back. Because Dana White don't like Woodley. That he's just making an example of him. I know. It's, it's kind it's, of. It's, it's just so annoying. It's childish, isn't it? Really, not at like a, a top business level. It's just so stupid. And also, if you put Usman against Cummington. Usman, I think, beats Covington all day long. And you've just ruined one of the fights that people want to see in Woodley and Covington. Yeah. And plus, like I say, Ponzinibbio's there as well. He's knocking on the door for, for a title exactly. shot. Exactly. Where does that leave him? Yeah. No, I agree. And I think, um, like I say, Woodley's had surgery. He's only asking for an extra month from when you're asking to fight anyway. He's and been saying, oh, when does that guy ever want to fight Woodley? He fought last in September. Yes, he, he had some, uh, shoulder surgery before. Can't fight then. No. I don't know, I think he's just, uh, don't know, well, childish, he, like you said. The argument doesn't really stack up, because if you look at his poster boy, Conor McGregor, when does he fight? What, once a year? He used Conor McGregor as an example of people who fight anytime, anywhere. Well, he doesn't, though, does he? No. He held up two divisions For what? to fight Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, two years or whatever it was. It's, yeah, I... I I'm branding, I'm not even making any sense, but it's just, like you say, reflective of the actual situation. Yes, the, the situation itself doesn't make any sense either, does it? I mean, you've got an interim champion in Covington. When did he win it? What well, card was that on? Start of last year, was it? Start of this yeah. year, sorry, 2018? I think it might have been, yeah, sort of early summer, maybe. Yeah. That's early summer. Interim champion, stripped... 
within six months. Yeah. Tony, yeah. interim champion, stripped, even though he had surgery, come back and won again in four months. <laughs> yeah, which is mad. It's just, what's the point? People were seeing through it. It's just, you, you've moved the main event, flyweight title, super fight, so-called super fight, from the pay-per-view card to another card. And now you're scrambling from a main event and now you're going to have to probably put an interim title on there that everyone can see through that isn't a real champion when your champion can fight a month after. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's I'm, with it. I'm with it. It doesn't make any sense at all. And it's, they just got this obsession with uh, that they, they want to make money, don't they? And they see that if they put a belt on there, they think it makes money. So they just throw a, a random interim title onto the card and say, oh, look, all you people who wouldn't usually come and buy it or watch this, there's a title fight on here now. So come and have a look at this and give me your money kind of thing. They, they moved the title fight off that card. No, I know, yeah. I know. And it, 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 to, to, I don't know, proper fans like us who watch every single card, it is a bit transparent, really, and it just kind of makes a mockery of of the interim title, even of the title itself, if you're thinking about, you know, stripping people or, or criticising people publicly because they've got to have surgery. Like, oh, sorry, what am I supposed to do? Just let me hand my rot <laughs> on the inside out. <laughs> But it's like um, in this pay-per-view, big stars getting the title fights age that we're in. Covington Woodley's the one you want to make. Yeah, and now they're sort of shooting themselves in the foot because Woodley's pissed them off a few times. Fair enough, you can seem like he's got a chip on his shoulder a lot of the time. But this seemed pretty legitimate to me, and you're not really giving him much leeway. No, and I have to say, since Woodley fought Till, I, I, we discussed this before. I bought, I bought into the whole thing about him having a chip on his shoulder. But since that and what's gone on, I, I, I'm kind of on Woodley's side now. He's, I am as he's well. not given the respect he deserves, is he? From his bosses, from his employers. They've got no respect for him at all. From his promoters, who yeah. are going to be promoting their champions. Exactly. If, yeah. pe- if people aren't tuning in and watching his fights because they're not excited by him, why don't you look at yourselves and your own promotion that you're doing? Yeah. You're slating him in the, slating him in the public, to the public, and then you're expecting us to also... Buy the pay-per-views yeah. watching fights. I know. And then moan when the numbers aren't good. It is a bit of madness. To be honest, and but, um, um, that, you go. On. Well, it's just it's, you've said it, haven't you? There's just no consistency. There's no structure there. It's it's not a sport at all in this particular issue that we're talking about. It is just a bit of a shambles, really. It's just a wishy washy. It's like setting off on a journey to somewhere you don't know where it is, and you just drive rather than look at directions of where you're going. You're just fucking putting it all down to chance. However, you wake up that morning, you're going to start making decisions based on that. It's almost like Dane's in a bad mood. He said that, and you don't want Woodley to fight for the title in January now. Yeah, and I don't know, I'm go out on a on a whim here. But I know Dana's done a lot for the sport. It wouldn't be where it is today without Dana. Part of me thinks the sooner he moves on and gives it to proper, I don't know, he might be replaced by someone even worse, but which is possible. But if you give it to someone who is going to treat it more as a sport, put that structure in place, I think that will only only benefit the whole organisation. Yeah, I, I agree in the, in the sense he's done so much for the sport and he probably does, I think he does more good than bad, but he does have this in him, doesn't he? Yeah, it's just, it's just all too personal with him, isn't it? And at the end of the day, no one really cares sort of whether you're upset, Dana. Just get Della Hoyer in, Aaron. Della Weirdo. <laughs> Go <laughs> on the worldweight division. Darren Till, get out of that division. It's a mess. I'd stay Go away, on. yeah, yeah. Stay Take on. your name up, uh, middleweight. Yeah, you don't really want to get caught up in that, do you? It's just, yeah, it's too much of a mess. It's a muddy wars. No one knows what's going on. I don't know what to tell you anymore. No, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm with you on that one. So should we, uh, 
Should we leave that to one side for now? I think that was a very impassioned rant. I like it. Yeah, um, I don't really know. There was no resolution to the rant. It was just a sort of no, well, talking bollocks. Yeah, you're expressing your emotions, aren't you? <laughs> and your feelings. So. No, I'm, t- I'm totally behind you. And I think everything you said makes, makes sense in the fact that the situation makes no sense. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's a good shout. Someone else has left the worldwide division. Cowboy. Yeah. Cerrone. Well, he was going to fight uh, McGregor, wasn't he? There was talk, yeah. Not fighting McGregor anymore, it seems. He's fighting Alex Hernandez. Alex Hernandez, yeah, who's a decent prospect, I think. Number 12 ranked in the lightweight division. This is why everyone loves Cowboy, right? Well, just link this back to what we just said. Cowboy is someone who does fight anyone, anywhere, anytime. Doesn't matter what weight, doesn't matter where it is. He's going to uh, he's going to turn up and he's not he's never going to say no. So I think uh, yeah, dangerous fight. Hernandez ten and one, but I don't know. Cerrone's looked good here uh, recently, isn't he? So it's maybe the only question is the drop back down in weight. You got uh, Hernandez's record there. I think he's lost in the UFC. And he's got some pretty decent uh, wins as well. But he's on a bit of a tear. Got some good KO power. I think this is a dangerous fight for Cerrone. I would have tried to stick around for a bit of a money fight. Yeah, well, he looked good at um, uh, welterweight as well, wasn't he, Cerrone? So I'm not too sure why he wants to go for lightweight. Does he just think people are getting too big once you start moving out? I think so. When you see him against Till, like... Yeah, that's true. Just uh, the size difference is ridiculous. Yeah, so if you look at Alex Hernandez, who's going to be facing next... Uh, no, he hasn't lost in the UFC net, uh, yet. He's beat Darius, he's beat Obin Mercier. Uh, so knocked out Dario, she stopped Derek Adkins, got submission, two submissions in there as well. Uh, ground out a unanimous decision against Obi Mercier last time. Um, but he's on the up, isn't he? He's got a lot of improvements to make. So definitely yeah, no, that's the only thing I'm thinking of. Yeah, so maybe a lack of experience might show in this one against Donald Roney, who is probably the most experienced fighter in the whole of the UFC. This will put Cerrone in the... Uh title hunt if he wins this wouldn't he? I think so yeah because if you just look based on his name gets a win in that division puts him back in the in the mix it gets him in the mix but um, it's a bit tied up at the top there so he might have a little bit of a wait for a title shot unless they just see it as um, you know a bit of a name a bit of a money fight if Khabib is out maybe he gets a suspension I don't know if that's been decided yet maybe you uh, throw an interim title in there <laughs> Ferguson against Cerrone if he gets the win no I don't want to see that but it would at least it would at least be a good um, number one contender fight I'm much happier calling them number one contender fights or something like that it's, uh, yeah number one contender fights even that no, you, you, you can't give someone an interim title which is basically a number one contender belt true, true. if you give a strip of it anyway true so, so let alone what calling someone a number one contender by right? use someone's words it's like doing a big deal with a handshake and no right yeah no I think you completely dissected that point there so just make it a good fight for a number one ranked against a number five ranked or whatever he might end up being after a win yeah maybe he, he weren't in there long against Perry was he so maybe he just wants to get back in there keep active he seems happy and we're all happy to see him fight as, of course. as often as possible really it's always exciting isn't it so, and he's, yeah. a, he's a good bloke I like him good character yeah Ticks all the boxes, right? Yeah, definitely. So I think that'll be interesting for Hernandez. And on the flip side, if Hernandez gets a win in exactly. that, then that's massive, isn't it? Win-win for the UFC, really. Yeah, so... You've got a big name off Cerrone or Cerrone's back. You can play off that sort of storyline. 
Yeah, so having slated them, they've um, this one. I can see the sense in this one. It's not a bad call. Yeah, talking there about the top of the uh, lightweight division. You got a big one this week. I'm really looking forward to this fight. I think it's a great fight. In all honesty, Milwaukee. Yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah, Kevin Lee against Al Iaquinta. Um, Kevin Lee is a bit of a phenom in my eyes. I think he's he's a future champ, to be honest with you. The Motown phenom. Yeah, that's it, yeah. So he's number four ranked. Our I print a number eight ranked. I think this might be a little bit of a reward for sort of taking on the Khabib fight and whatnot. Yeah, I've looked at the odds yesterday. Al Iaquinta is an underdog at 11 to 5. Kevin Lee, 3 to 10 favourite. I, I see the fight get, being a bit closer than him, I suggest, to be honest. See, I'm not sure. I think if uh, Kevin Lee keeps improving as he has been doing, I think it might be a more comfortable victory for Kevin Lee, if I'm being honest. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. I like Kevin Lee. I like. I really think he's really good. I think he's a future champion. They push him the right way. He can talk. He's got a business head on him. He's got the skills to back it up. Looks good. I think he's got it all. He's got the whole package. But I just think Ally Quinter goes under the radar a bit of how good he actually is. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's a lot better than the sort of public perception of him is. But either way, it's a really good fight and it's a great main event, I think. Oh, it's a quality fight. I mean, put Ally Quinn at bar, that's a random loss to Mitch Clark and the Khabib one. You, you can kind of discount, if anything, he'd done well to go five rounds. Yeah, I'm Having sure, been sure training for a three-round fight. Yeah, definitely. He's beaten some top top lads in that division. He's got a lot going for him. Yeah. A good, good camp. I think it's been a tough fight. I think it's been a really good fight. I think it's going to go the whole way. I, I think Lee will win by a close decision. Yeah, I think that's. Do you reckon? I think that's. Oh, I think Lee might get a finish, but yeah, okay. That's, that's maybe discounting Iaquinta a little bit, but um, I, I think you're looking at it more right from how good Lee is rather than how Iaquinta is definitely not good. Yeah, I'm not knocking out Iaquinta at all. I think he's a legend. I think the way he's spoken up and the way he interacts kind of with the public, I think it's great. Got a lot of respect for him and and what he's done. So I'm not knocking him at all, but I I just think Kevin Lee's that good, and it's just a question of whether he's that good now. Yeah, he's about the only. A state agent I like. <laughs> yeah, the rest of them are a bit of uh, sharks, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. So that'd be a good fight, that. Yeah, definitely. And there's not too many big names in this car, but decent co-main event. Edson Barboza against Dan Hooker. Uh, I think Barboza's kind of trending as a bit of a favourite at the moment. I fancy Dan Hooker in this one, personally. I think he's on the come up. I think Barboza's going the opposite way a little bit. Yeah, how do you see it going, like, stylistically? Tricky, wasn't it? I think it'd be tricky. I think... Um, Barboza will do what he always does. I think Hooker might be a bit more pressure, maybe a bit of clinching, just grinding him down. Has Hooker got a bit more in the locker, do you think? I think he's, I think he's got plenty in his locker. His striking's probably not on as good a level as oh, um, no, Barboza. It's not saying much, is no, it? No, of course not. But I think, uh, I think he'll have enough. I think he, he, look, he looks good recently, I think, Hooker. I think just them two last fights of Barboza will take years off. Any man, yeah, definitely. right. Uh, you would think so. He's not young either, is he? Really? No, especially it's a for him. He's exciting, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what the odds are on that one. Have you looked at the main event, Joe? Sorry. No, that's fine. That's <laughs> completely fine. Yeah, not a problem. But yeah, again, another good fight. You have got Sergio Pettis on this card. That'd be decent. Jim Miller still doing it. He's on there as well. Pettis is that? Uh, um, Bantamweight. I he's think moved so. Up, isn't he? That's a quick turn. Yeah, he didn't fight that long ago, actually, did he? No. Yeah, he's, he's up against Rob Font. Charles Oliveira on there. It's always exciting. Yeah, Dracar. Still doing it. Dracar close Bobby Green. That should be a good one as well. 
So some some decent fights on there. Should be a good card. I mean, they usually are good. We said it before many times when you haven't necessarily yeah. heard of most of these people. They're not the biggest names. They've got a lot to prove. They put on good fights usually. So definitely one to look forward to. Not as much kind of uh, glitz and glamour around it as this weekend, but you can't no. have that every week, can you? Uh, this is the last one on Fox, apparently. Is it the last one? Yeah. Will you shed a tear? No, no, I'm not really fast at all. <laughs> we watch it on BT Sport, so it means nothing to me, to be honest. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that, that makes nothing to me as well. I'm not sure why I even brought it up. I looked at the odds, and Dan Hooker is a slight favourite in that fight. Oh, okay, so Slightly some different opinions there, yeah. So, but yeah, is there any other news? Any other fights? What's, what are you up to this week? This week, not a lot going on. This week, I, you know, I go on holiday in a, a few weeks' time. Day after Boxing Day, I go away. So I think it's just, well, I was about to say I'm going to try and save a few pennies, but I've got no Christmas presents for anyone yet, so... <laughs> no, same. So I'm not going to save any pennies. Oh, no, it's tough, isn't it? I need to get cracking. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably do most of it online. Usually I'll keep... It's too late, though, isn't it? That's what I'm thinking. Well, I've uh, I signed up to like a month free Prime, Amazon Prime. So if I can find it all on Amazon, I think you can get next day delivery for free, and then I'll cancel that subscription as soon as that month's <laughs> up. So, uh, no, you got got it right there, mate. Yeah, so on that, do you want to call this one, bring it to a close? I've got nothing to add to that. I yeah. think it's been a good weekend of fights. Um, Cage Warriors 100, very good. Disappointed with the result, but congratulations to uh, Jack Shaw from me. I don't know who, who you wanted to win, Joe, but unlucky Jimmy Manor as well. But uh, great event, Holloway, quality, worldweight division, fuck me, Jamo. Cerrone, thumbs up. Christmas presents, not got. Wrap it up. Yeah, like it. Yeah, so I was happy with that. It was quite a good weekend, like you say. So we are Split Decision UK. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter under that name. And if you uh, want to listen to our podcast, which I assume you're doing now, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, which I don't think anyone really bothers with. But again, thank you very much for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. Well done to make it to the end. Yes. So, well well done to you, and we'll see you next time. See you later.